Tibbs is an ageist boomer. Wow. I was going to talk about Alec Burks, but I don't know if I have anything to say after that. Welcome to the Knicks Bait Podcast, home of the zestiest, tastiest, most nug-filled takes you can have in a blunt's worth of time. We've got three Knicks addicts. Dougie, fresh, what's good? Quickly games are like Coke benders. And the ones where you win, you end up at the Soho Grand in a penthouse suite. And the ones where you lose, you're raging and picking yourself out of a pile of garbage. <laughs> uh all right uh d-boy what's good you're 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 nick's back in the lottery moses moody give the nick some spacing do your research kids and it's me monty the most melancholy nick's fan there is final score Portland, 116. New York, 113. Walt suit? Speechless. Look up the definition of funky and a picture of Clyde comes up. On others, it would be mismatched. Walt pulls it off. The Knicks lineup sure seemed mismatched, but still almost pulled it off. We're going to get into quick hits. Quick hits. The Knicks slipped two games under 500 tonight. Let's give out some awards. The Gary Trent Jr. Who's your daddy most valuable player goes to Daddy Dame Lillard, who scored 39 and showed the Knicks what a real superstar looks like. The Diddy I'll Be Missing You Award goes to Mello for making Knicks fans long for a 3-for-14 night in orange and blue. The Tibbs throat coat scream of the game is bestowed upon the refs for calling back-to-back phantom fouls to put the Knicks into the penalty down three with 30 seconds to go. The precocious neophyte award goes to Emmanuel Quickly for willing the Knicks back into the game with a career-high 31 points and 24 minutes off the bench. And the sad stat of the game, R.J. Barrett played 16 seconds in the entire fourth quarter. Led by an absolutely fearless Emmanuel Quickly, our young squad came back hungry, but Portland's franchise player ensured that we had no chance to get the dub. Make no mistake. We here on Knicks Bait appreciate Julius Randle's effort, but all of you coming for us because we call out the truth when we see it, you need to check yourselves. Do you see Julius Randle as the future of this franchise as he plays himself into a near max deal? Or do you want to see Coppin, Quickly, RJ, and Mitch solidify through the crucible of development? You have the gall to tell us that we're bad fans, but you think you can have your garden popcorn and eat it too. There's only one scenario where you get everything you want. Julius Randle keeps up his all-star play and leads us to the playoffs, then agrees to a team-favorable extension so that RJ and Co. can get re-upped. Randle and Toppin both figure out how to play defense together and get ample minutes, and the Mavericks, with their star player, who Maurice fucking Endor made sure we didn't have a chance to get, end up so bad that we still get a lottery pick after all of that. 
Get real. As Junior Soprano would say, we've been Knicks fans since you were in short pants. Come and see us. We got the receipts. Knicks bait, bitch. This day in sad Knicks history, January 24th, 2010, Dallas 128, New York 78. This was the worst loss ever at MSG. The Mavs hit 55% from three compared to 16% for the Knicks. Literally everyone that touched the court scored, even for the orange and blue. The Mavs brought their shooters and wanted all the smoke. A 50-piece. Ouch. Game. Quickly he's back in. Quickly turns, shoots, and scores. And it's a 10-point game. Quickly now with 12 points in 12 minutes off the bench. This is quickly duping it, duping it. In a season where we've overachieved, where Julius Randle is suddenly a unanimous all-star and Tibbs has the Knicks playing some of the best defense in the league, it's completely impractical to think that there will be longevity to this brand of Knicks success. If there's one development that I'm confident will have a permanent and lasting impact, it's Emmanuel Quickly. He's a lightning rod of scoring. He's poised, and although he sometimes makes rookie mistakes, he's already one of the most dependable players we have. If Tibbs would only fix his rotations, bench Peyton, and give IQ the starting slot in the 30-plus minutes he deserves, we could have our first rookie of the year since Mark Jackson in 1988. We're not minutes police here, but quickly had seven more points than minutes played, and the man who played his position for an equal number of minutes was Alfred Peyton. Okay, so think about that a little bit. We're starting off the game. We're falling behind. Damian Lillard scorched Peyton tonight. Absolutely toasted him. Does quickly is quickly's defense that much of a fall off from Peyton that he can't be trusted to start the game and bring his playmaking and shooting, neither of which Peyton brings to the beginning of basketball games? I swear every time I complain about Alfred Peyton, he drives to the basket, makes an ugly layup, and buys himself five more minutes. The leash he has from Tibbs is insane. He's allowed to make mistake after mistake quickly, quick yank. We've all seen that Tibbs will do whatever he can to get the win. The argument that that is Alfred Payton needs to be ruled completely obsolete at this point. The best chance for Nick's success, the best chance of the playoffs comes with Emmanuel quickly comes with him getting real minutes and comes with him getting a share of the responsibility. I think you said it just right. A share of the responsibility is key, and that includes playing with the Knicks' best lineup. If you consider the best lineup to be the starters, save for Alfred Payton, you need quickly out there developing chemistry with Randall. You need quickly out there especially developing chemistry with RJ and Mitch, which he already has, but he doesn't get enough in-game chances to rock with that first unit. Tibbs' rotations are trash. He played R.J. Barrett 16 seconds in the fourth quarter. No explanation from anyone on that yet. I'm not really sure. And the situational minutes that he gives the young players are always put them at a disadvantage. Tonight, when the Knicks made their comeback, it was the one time in the past several games I've seen him put the young guys in when they actually have momentum. It seems like Quickly's job is always to fix the mistakes that the starters leave in their wake. Obi, what, 15 minutes? Knox, 15 minutes? That's not enough if you're trying to 
like see what you have in these players. There's a pacing to those younger players getting out in the open and moving the ball around, getting on the fast break that always seems to get the Knicks back in the game when they have enough time to rock together. It also feels like there's an insane amount of pressure on every shot that these youngsters take. The leash is so long for Rivers and Burks and Bullock, and it's so short for Toppin. You want Toppin to look comfortable? Give him real minutes consistently every night, whether he bricks every three he takes or he has six dope slams. Given the fact that we've seen Obi kind of shrink in his minutes, unfortunately, it sort of happened tonight. He missed a three. He keeps driving towards the baseline. I hate seeing that. But what I do love is Quickly's ability to maximize his minutes. You said it in the last episode. He has to have the game of his life to stay on the floor. Well, tonight he did. And it seems like often he's capable of doing that to the point where the argument is, is non-existent. Was it enough? Is this enough to finally push Peyton out of the starting lineup? Is this enough to finally get Tibbs to double down on this rookie phenom? Roll that. Light that. Smoke that. It's time for Blunt Talk. Blunt Talk, Blunt Talk, Blunt Talk, Blunt Talk, Blunt Talk, Blunt Talk. Blazers. Nah, I mean, too easy, right? Like, I'm not just gonna be like, hey man, like, Blazers, blaze it up, get it, oh. Plus, their fans are fucking crazy. They'll flame you if you cross them. Similar to that Pacific Northwest loud pack. But for real though, props to Portland for giving Melo a chance to revitalize his career. New York, we did him a little dirty, not gonna lie. I know we'll never put statues in front of MSG, but can we put a statue of Mello in a robe in front of his favorite bodega? That internet moment solidified Mello as the god. We hope you all enjoyed your Knicks bait. And remember, always wear your robe when you go to the bodega for Honey Nut Cheerios.